We think you should know that Imperfect Heroes Podcast is a production of Little Hearts Academy USA. You're listening to episode 60 of Imperfect Heroes, Insights into Parenting, the perfect podcast for imperfect parents looking to find joy in their experience of raising children in an imperfect world. And I'm your host, DJ Stutz. And today's episode ends in a zero. And that means my good friend and my niece, Bailey Olson, is back for a fun conversation. And today we are sharing the stories that made us laugh and the ones that we are actually surprised we managed to live through. So whether you have a large or small family, I know you're going to enjoy this episode. There's so much to learn. So let's get started. Summer is starting to wind down, and some of you may have already started the school year. Isn't that crazy? It went so fast. And whether you're spending time with your kids just trying to get in some final fun activities for the summer, or whether you're getting everybody used to those new routines that come with the new school year, running to the store is not always convenient. So don't bother. Get everything you need for school and for those precious end of summer break activities delivered in as fast as an hour. Plus, you're going to get free delivery on your first order of $10 at Instacart Plus when you use the link in the show notes below. One of the cool things about this is you can have a friend or another family member and the two families can put their orders together. And so you're getting like two memberships for the price of one, which is less than $10 a month. And you can share the perks and the benefits with both families. So that's pretty cool. Again, I've got the link down below. So just go ahead and use that one. Well, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s in Los Angeles and Bailey grew up in the 2000s in Las Vegas. And so while we're decades apart with different cities that we grew up in, there were some differences and there were some similarities, surprisingly. And we had a great time sharing <laughs> some of the hair-raising stories of being a kid. And whether you come from a big family or a small family, you will most likely relate to some of our stories and be surprised maybe at some of the others. So let's listen in. (laughs) Welcome everyone to Imperfect Heroes podcast. And I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with us today and listening in. Today, I just have my favorite. I keep having her back. Just so you know, we've come up with the plan that any episode that ends in a zero will have Mrs. Bailey Olson back as we talk about a variety of subjects and topics. And today is a crazy funny one. So Bailey, just remind our listeners who and those who maybe who haven't heard from you before what you have going on in your life. So I am in my mid-30s, almost, and I have two kids that are six and seven, who I just absolutely adore, obviously, and then I teach school as well as gymnastics and have done that for, oh, I started teaching school in, let's see, 2012. Wow, so I'm at a decade of teaching school. Now I took a little time off when I had my babies, but... I taught in one way or another, either in the elementary school or in daycare, and then I also coach gymnastics. So pretty much I'm just with kids all day long. It's just what I love. Isn't it fun to be with kids? Oh, my gosh. They are the best. They're they're the worst and the best, but (laughs) mostly the best. Yeah. (laughs) They're the worst when they're asking you what those big bumps are on your face, you know, like, and it's acne. And they're like, why do you have all those boo-boos on your face? And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. pointing that out. Well, you the don't words, get this, but I get this when they ask me when my baby's coming out. Oh. <laughs> well, Brody, my son, he actually does. We, we actually have struggled with fertility for many years, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty open with my kids about it. And we've talked about what happens during pregnancy and tell them that, you know, that we want to have 
more kids and he will very often come up to me and hug me and rub my belly and say, mom, it's getting bigger. I think you're going to have a baby. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. And then I'll be like, are you sure? Because it looks bigger, like a lot. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. But no. How we love our kids. There's yeah, so the best much and the worst, like I said. But I, I appreciate the honesty. So Exactly. Yeah, you know where you stand if you don't look right or something's off. They <laughs> will tell you. And they'll love you anyways. Exactly. They'll let you know and they'll love you. So it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, today's topic. So for those of you who this is a new experience, the Bailey and DJ show. <laughs> so Bailey is my niece and... Her mom is my one and only sister, and it's kind of funny because we have never had an argument in our entire lives, my sister and I, which is, I think, fairly unusual, but she's seven years younger than me, so she wouldn't fit in any of my clothes, so that wasn't an issue. She's too young to be a competition with boyfriends. So that wasn't an issue. And she was adorable. Everybody loved her, and rightly so. so. Well, you know, I have four sisters, mm-hmm. and one of them is a lot younger than me. I can't remember. The, uh, I think I was 16 when she was born. So we're about 16 years apart, which is a pretty big age gap. I've still mm-hmm. fought with her, though. Really? So, yeah, I have. Over I mean, not what? like nearly as bad as with my other sisters who I'm closer <laughs> in age with. But my youngest sister, and I can actually only remember one argument that we've ever gotten in. And it wasn't really a fight, but kind of because she felt annoyed. She felt like I was talking down to her. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not talking down to you. I'm literally telling you my opinion. And she's like, but you're talking down to me. But she's also very, very happy and good. She's such an amazing kid. She is. And I disagreed with something on her. And she's not used to people disagreeing with her because she's <laughs> awesome. Well, so, and she's anyway, the cute youngest. She is. Wow. She's the cute. She is. She's cute and young. And I've definitely fought with all my sisters. So I would say you guys are just special. There we are. We are special. And as I was thinking about it, so I'm the oldest of seven. And I've got five brothers and then Sunny, my sister, But Danny, the youngest, was born the summer before my senior year. And I don't think I've ever been even angry with him in any way. But he was, again, so adorable and just so much fun. Oh, see, he's a scary uncle. I mean, not anymore, but me growing up, I was so scared of Bear. (laughs) That's what we called him was Bear. Yeah. Uncle Bear. I vividly remember because he was, like, in college. And I remember he was on my grandma's couch sleeping. My mom was like, go wake Uncle Bear up. And so I did. And he was so mean. He yelled at me so mad. Like, I thought it would be so funny. And my dad's like a prankster. So my dad, I'm sure, told me to do something loud or give him a wet willy or something to wake him up, which I did. And, oh, Bear was not, not happy at all with me. I think it was a phase in his life when he just was a little angrier <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but now I love Uncle Barry. He's the best. He was my strength yeah. coach. I did gymnastics at Southern Utah University, and he was my strength coach there, and we got That's very right. close. So I love Bear, but I was very scared of him when he was younger. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so Bear was it for Shiloh and Christian because he included them in everything, right? Yeah, and they're relatively close in age. Yeah, well... Candace, so my oldest, and Danny, Bear, so don't get them confused. They're the same person. Dan, Danny, Bear, all the same person. (laughs) Anyway, he was five when Candace was born. And so I think that made him seven when Shiloh was born. But he would just take Shiloh with him everywhere. And if his friends complained or didn't like it, they could leave because Shiloh was coming. But then he was also like the really rough uncle. And so... Strength coach. He was a sports guy. He was always rough playing. I remember him wrestling with our Rottweiler, 
whose name ironically was also Bear. I remember that <laughs> dog. Yes, I remember Uncle Bear wrestling with our big burly Rottweiler bear. And then I also remember your youngest son, Christian. Yes. Wrestling with Bear, and I'm pretty sure he got bit. Wouldn't so. surprise me. <laughs> and then I would have blamed Christian for being too rough with the dog, is how that would have yeah, I'm oh, Yes, I'm sure something like that. I don't have much recollection besides I was scared of my own dog after that. <laughs> I was only scared oh, no. of the dog when we fed him because he was very fierce about his food. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he was just a sweet, yeah, sweet, sweet dog. And so wrestling with him was fine, but man, he was strong. And then I saw him bite Christian and I was like, oh, I'm scared of him. Your husband, Uncle Russ, I thought he was a firefighter for a while because you guys had a Dalmatian. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's a firefighting dog. And (laughs) I just thought he was a firefighter. (laughs) And you know, Uncle Russ. He's like a big dude, and he's kind of more quiet and reserved. I could see it in my head. He was a firefighter. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that until you mentioned that your dummy. so funny. Yeah, so we've already kind of got started, but I guess we had to let people in on what we're talking yeah, about. what we're talking about. <laughs> but we're just sharing the crazy stories of growing up in a large family and we survived. No one has died yet. So <laughs> we're just sharing. So we want parents to feel like, yeah, raising kids is craziness. And goofy things happen. And when you become an adult and your children have families of your own, you're going to hear stories <laughs> that you never knew about. <laughs> and it's going to curl your hair. Well, not me. My hair is super straight, but it, it I probably <laughs> lost some. Because of the you, kids. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, and the stories for after, too. Like, you hear, you did yeah, what? like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so glad I didn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway, so we're just sharing some of those stories. So, Bailey is obviously a generation younger than I, and... So my sister and I, we grew up in the 60s and 70s. 70s rock is the best, just letting everyone know. And when you have a a bigger family, I think it happens more often. But even if you just have one or two kids, there's still goofy things that go on, things that they do with and for each other. And so we just want you to... That, for me, that's part of the joy of raising kids. And you'll be, like, frustrated maybe at the moment or, oh, I'm so glad you're not dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is even so strongly part of that joy of raising kids. And so just to give some background, too, so your mom and me, our parents, who are from... Just entirely different worlds, completely different worlds. Mm -hmm. So my dad had his doctorate in electrochemical engineering, which he got from Berkeley. I remember being in first grade when he graduated and we went to the football stadium. Mm -hmm. And there were only three kids back then. And I behaved the best throughout the graduation so that afterwards, my parents had promised us some Kentucky Fred chicken <laughs> if we were good. And we would go to the park and us run around. For us, that was better than any restaurant, note to parents. So we would, just, <laughs> we would go and get KFC or something like that, take it to the park. And us kids would just run around like crazy people and... We had a blast. That was our favorite thing to do. But because I was the best behaved, I actually got to go into the KFC store with my dad to get the food while my mom sat in the car with the boys. And I just, isn't that weird that I really remember that experience? It's kind of funny the things that you really recall 
What are some of the first memories you have with your parents? Oh, goodness. Um, that is a tricky one for me. So I, I had mentioned before that I was in gymnastics and mm -hmm. I did it my whole life. It was a huge part of my life. And I honestly, it was a my huge part of everyone's life. Just letting you know. Yeah, it was. It was a big <laughs> gymnastics is so wonderful. I yeah. still coach it. So I love it. Um, mm -hmm. But it is a huge commitment and for not just the athletes and their parents and like being a gymnast is, is cool. So when you get good at it, you know, mm -hmm. everybody wants to come and watch you. And sometimes you have a slightly crazy grandma <laughs> who really shows favoritism towards people that have followed their passions <laughs> with their grandkids. And so then she forces everybody to come. Yeah. But anyways, my earliest memories, I would say with my family. So I have one from when I was really, really little. So my grandpa passed away when I was three and mm. your dad. Yes. And my very earliest memory that I have was in their house in the basement. And there was like a blue couch and I had this, mm. oh my gosh, Cabbage Patch doll with red yarn hair. And he mm -hmm. had set her arms out to the side like she was going to give me a big hug. And he had set her like in the corner of the couch. And then he had me on his shoulders and he was like galloping around the room with me on his shoulders. And then he spun in a circle and put me down on the ground and said, look at your dollies there to give you a big hug. That is the only memory I have of him. And it is my earliest memory. And I don't know why that stuck in my head. We lived with them for a while when mm -hmm. I was really little. And that is all, all I remember. I remember waking up early and watching TV on a little tiny TV down in the basement. But I feel like that was maybe when we visited. I don't know. That's my earliest memory. And then when it comes to my parents, mostly I remember them taking me to first gymnastics place that I went to, which your oldest daughter coached <laughs> at in a gymnasium of like a high school or middle school or something. It was at Brindley Middle School. In See, there you go. I remember going and I remember there was a mini tramp and mm -hmm. I was so excited to have my mom watch me jump on the mini tramp and then onto the mat. And I was probably like, I don't know, three or four years old. Those are probably my earliest memories. Isn't that interesting? And it's funny you talk about my dad doing that messing around with you and putting you on his shoulders and stuff. That is not the dad that I grew up with. He is very serious and kind of aloof. So to be, to have his doctorate in electrochemical engineering and then becoming the second most recognized authority in the world in that field, you got to be a little off. You know, <laughs> well, that's what my mom always said. And maybe that's why it stuck in my head, because I was mm -hmm. used to him being like quiet and reserved and not super involved with mm -hmm. us. And so I, in my head now, looking back, I'm like, that was probably just a weird spur of the moment that it was like three seconds, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and for some reason, it just it just really stuck in my head. And well, other than that, the only thing I know about him I mean, I've learned more as I've gotten older, but mm -hmm. knew about him growing up was that he was a pilot. And every time we would see a plane fly, we would have to look up in the sky with my grandma and say, hi, grandfather. Oh, my gosh. My mom's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a crazy Grandy story for us. Ooh. I, oh, but before that, I just wanted to say it was interesting seeing the the metamorphosis that took place when he went from being a father to grandfather night and day and I saw the change too because like I said Danny was only five and there was a change from the way Danny grew up with dad than the older kids so there's seven years between Danny and the next kids which are twins and it changed like his whole outlook on life and I was at a point I didn't even want to be around my dad he was very hard to be around. And then to see this change, it really healed us. It took time. It wasn't overnight. But when someone loves your kids, you can forgive a lot of stuff. That's very true. Yeah. Tell me your grandy story. Okay, so my 
Grandy is my grandma and mm-hmm. DJ's mom. Mm-hmm. And she lived connected to our house. So she had her own house, but we were connected by laundry rooms. We had seven kids in our family as well. So my mom would need to leave to run the kids to a sport camp or a doctor's appointment or who knows what. And usually I would just be left to babysit, but Grandy would be home at her house if we needed anything. And I remember so vividly, actually, I was at gymnastics practice and then was dropped off at the house. And so my next brother down, Bo, he was the one who had been babysitting before that. And apparently he had done something mean to the younger kids. (laughs) And Grandy, first of all, she had this green ring that was like a huge rock, like huge, Mm -hmm. pointy, dangerous rock. Mm -hmm. Yes, it it was just huge and pointy. That's what I remember. (laughs) And she was so proud of it. She had said to him apparently before then, if you do that again, I'm going to give you a swirly. And I came home to Grandy chasing him down the hallway, holding a fist so that her ring ring was exposed, (laughs) chasing him down the hallway, forcing him into the bathroom. No way. And picking up his feet, trying to pick up his feet, put his head in the toilet. To give him swirly. So, <laughs> and I, I will say in my head, it's very, it's a very funny story. So I do need to clarify. It wasn't like an abusive mean thing. It was more of like, I mean, nowadays I would feel like that is too far. <laughs> but <laughs> Maybe just a little. Maybe. Mom, if you listen to this, don't chase my kids down there threatening to hurt them with your ring. That's a little much for me. Like but I as a could kid, ever it was just Sunny so doing that. funny that she tried to like force his head into the toilet to give him a swirly. And yeah. honestly, we were petrified and laughing. So yeah. we did but with Grandy you really kinda didn't know if she was really mad yeah. or if she was just being funny. Yeah. But we love her and I, I felt like I got to sit right next to her and watch her grow up in a lot of ways, even though, you know, she was obviously a grandma when I came around, especially by the time I have memories. But mm-hmm. I felt like I got to see her go through a lot of different stages because she often lived with us. And so yeah. we got very close. And also, I feel like I was one of her favorites. So You were. Uh, you were. She was very clear about her favorites. And she even yeah. would say in front of, like, me and my siblings. <laughs> yeah. She would legitimately say, well, Bailey's my favorite, and I like her better than I like you, to my siblings. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you need to, like, oh, that, like that. But, like you said, we all survived, and all of my siblings, who she would say stuff like that in front of, she still totally proved her love to them. I'm not saying what she did was right, because I wish she would have handled it differently. Agreed. But, Because <laughs> yeah. my kids but, were not her favorites. <laughs> They've well, got a few grandy stories, too. Your kids are my favorite, so. <laughs> we are the most fun. Yes, totally agree. We're also probably the most out there. Big There's personalities. There. Yeah, yeah, but they are fun. The party doesn't start until we're there. That's right. I've heard that more than a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also... When you tell that story, though, she would do stuff like that when we were growing up. Mm. So I don't know what would start it, but she would all of a sudden be wrestling with the boys. But I mean, she didn't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) She was full on and she would get her like her bottom teeth. She'd kind of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You did that. You looked a little like the, that's like the face she did. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she would do that. And she was just determined that she was going, but that was fun for her. Don't you dare cry if you get hurt. But, (laughs) but she would do that or she would do like we would be doing dishes and she would all of a sudden like grab a table knife and on guard and start this sword fight out of the blue. One time she did not grab a table knife. She grabbed a fork. And by the end of it, I was impaled in my leg. 
By her or by one of the brothers? By her! <laughs> she, she was just doing this sword fight and she went to do a forward thrust and got me in my thigh. And I had these four bleeding holes oh, in no. my leg. And she felt horrible. She felt terrible about it. And I didn't oh, have to do God. dishes for like a week or so, so it was worth it. But... <laughs> cleaned it out and bandaged it up and you know oh that is too funny see I think that those moments right as a mom and especially in her situation she Mm -hmm. she had a rocky marriage right they were both wonderful people but you know they were separated well we didn't finish the thing though too so my dad had this PhD my mom had a high school diploma and my dad's family was country club, and my grandfather was a professor at Oregon State University. My grandmother taught English. Very, very proper. Very proper. My mom was raised by a lumberjacks, literally. And that's like one step up from wolves. <laughs> And no offense to any lumberjacks who may or may not be listening, but or wolves. <laughs> so they had these very different worlds, and I think that's what drew them to each other to begin with. And yet, that's what kind of drove them apart as they got older and just had different outlooks on life. They survived. They split up a few times, but they always got back together. And they were together when dad passed. So anyway, so that's she a has, little bit of the background. She always has nice things. Well, always had nice things to say about him until she got dementia. And then once she mm-hmm. got dementia, things changed. Her tone changed. I didn't know they had, they had ever had any problems my whole life until she started getting dementia and mentioning that things weren't always great between them. Before that, I thought that's they were like the perfect couple ever so and I knew that grandfather was a pilot and I knew that he was a professor and I thought he was the business which I still think that yeah so but you know marriage life in general is just it's hard and it's hard meshing two totally separate worlds and yet here we are seeing all seven of you kids who grew up with Mm -hmm. your mom stabbing you with a fork (laughs) with with some separation lots of moves that I know you all endured and here you are all raising beautiful, wonderful families. So I think that it's good as a parent to consistently, I mean, like Grandy did, right? I'm sure she was stressed and struggling and, yeah, you know, having a hard time. And she tried to find the fun. She tried to sword fight you guys when she was making <laughs> dinner. Or I remember her setting a timer and telling me, I'm setting a timer for two hours. And my goal is that for those two hours, I am going to be absolutely perfect. I will do zero things wrong, and I'm going to be perfect. I remember thinking, like, you live alone in your house, and you can't be perfect for two. What do, what do you do that's wrong? Because, <laughs> you know, you're a kid, and you're just yeah. like, I'm just going to fight with my sibling. That's what's right. That's what right. doing wrong. Yeah. It's worth noting, too, that your family... When I think of the Grandy's story, the hero of that story is your mom and your dad. And so when mom lost, spent all her money, <laughs> which she was good at, and so it's basically gone. Your parents actually added on to their house. So she had a living room, a kitchen, two bedrooms, and a bathroom and so that she would have a place to live. And I remember going to them and saying, hey, I know that what mom has isn't going to cover the cost of building this. And Mm -hmm. so we need to all kick in and help you with the costs just to say thank you for taking her on. And they were like, no, no, we're fine. We have what mom has. And then, you know, she's not going to live forever. And so it'll be part of our house and maybe we can use it for our kids. Well, they moved to Utah before mom passed. And in looking for a home, they specifically needed to have a place that they could make for Grandy. So they wound up buying the house they're in now, 
which the previous owner was a cabinet maker so he had this big workshop out back and they went and converted that into a place for Grandy to live and now your sister Reagan lives there <laughs> yes we've had multiple we've had multiple of my siblings that have lived there so my parents I probably would have loved to live there had they had it done or mm -hmm. Grandy was still alive so it was her house so I couldn't I mm -hmm. couldn't live there I never lived in that house actually because they moved after I graduated but almost all of my other siblings have lived there for at least a short period of time which has been great so I know that my parents they cherish that time. It's always so special to be able to have that extra time with yeah. your parents. Well, and too, like when her dementia and her health issues got to the point where we couldn't have her alone, she would wake up in the middle of it. Well, I don't think she ever slept. And she would go out and wander the streets. Now, you guys were pretty deep inside the subdivision that you live in. But she would start walking around on the streets, and so then it became a safety issue and keeping track of all her medications and stuff. So we did have to place her into a facility, but your family made sure someone was there every day, and this went on for years. So Sunny's raising all these kids. She's coaching lacrosse. She's very active at church. She's got all of these things going on, and yet she made sure that she made the, how long was the drive? Um, it wasn't too far, probably about 15 minutes. Oh, I always thought it was a little further than that, but. She was in two different facilities. Yeah, and the I've, first I've one was closer. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first one was closer, but then she wandered out of there and into somebody's home. And <laughs> <laughs> they needed, she they did. needed a. A more locked down facility for her. <laughs> well, there was this house down the street, and she really liked the house. It was a cute little house. And so it wasn't a closed facility. They could come and go. Mm -hmm. And so this poor lady, she comes home from running <laughs> chores or whatever, and my mom's sitting in her kitchen. <laughs> and I think too, she was starting to cook something. <laughs> That sounds like Grandy. Of course, she wanders into a house and immediately <laughs> finds something to try and cook, which, by the way, is part of the reason we ended up really deciding to put her in a home was because she started a fire on the mm -hmm. stove in her home. And we yeah. were like, oh, it's just it's not safe. She keeps forgetting little things like that. We'd mm -hmm. go over and all the food in her freezer would be melted because she would have just left it open the whole time. And in southern Utah, it's like 115 degrees outside. So, yeah. But, of course, she went in and cooked something or yeah. was trying. So that's, yeah, we had to move her. <laughs> so grandy. Oh, funny. So grandy. You know, yeah, she was crazy growing up. And so I was young, so it was still toward the end of the 60s. And But I'm the oldest. And it was hot. We were in Los Angeles. We didn't have a pool and it had just gotten very hot. So my mom decided, we had this huge Mercury station wagon. And I think the twins were born. So there were probably six of us. And we went down to the local thrifty store, which was about five, six blocks away. And she bought one of those hard plastic little swimming pools that you can fill <laughs> up, right? Mm -hmm. It wouldn't fit inside the station wagon. So her idea, because we had these baggage racks, you know, that was on top. So her idea was she was going to put it on top of the car, but she had nothing to tie it down with. So her great idea was for me to sit on top of the car and hold on to the <laughs> swimming pool as she drives home so we're driving down devonshire boulevard coming over to haskell avenue which was where we lived and i was actually embarrassed i'm scared out of my mind and then mom had said whatever you do don't lose this pool not don't fall off don't no. get hurt don't no. die no don't lose the pool don't lose the pool and so i'm hanging on for dear life 
holding on to the luggage rack with one hand and the pool with the other hand. And we get a couple of blocks down and a police officer saw this. So he whips around, turns on his lights. So she turns left into a subdivision that was a little closer than the one we lived in so that she wouldn't be on the main road. So now where I'm dealing with the centrifugal force of her turning the car and scared to death of losing. I, I didn't care about the police. I'm scared about losing the pool. swimming pool. But, okay, so you know this had to be in the 60s in a whole nother time because the police officer came up and said, what are you doing? And she goes, well, it wouldn't fit in the car. <laughs> And he's like, so you have your daughter up there? And she said, well, yeah, because she can hold on to it. I mean, mom doesn't see anything wrong <laughs> with this. But here's the deal. The police officer said, well, it's illegal. You can't have her do that. That's not safe. And so she says, well, I don't know what to do because we still had, you know, a bit to go. And he says, well, she can't get back up there. Okay. DJ, or, well, back then, Debbie. Debbie, yeah. you just bring it home. Don't drag it because I we don't want holes in it. The oh. police officer says, yeah, okay, and takes off. Like, uh -huh. can you imagine if that happened today? Oh, I cannot even imagine. Yeah. That is. So it's like a billion degrees in Las Vegas. And here I am, like, 11 years old, trying to... She bought the biggest one. Well, with all his kids, there had to be room, right? Right. So I'm trying to hold it above my head the best I can so that it doesn't drag and wear a hole in it. <laughs> and she just goes and drives home. So I get a couple of blocks, and then I see Spence and Don, the two brothers just younger than me, and they're heading out grumpy and angry. Because <laughs> mom made them go to help me finish bringing this pool home. Oh, my goodness. So, but I just, I just think of all of the things that could have gone wrong. And none of those things were even in her head. But, you know, oh a gosh. different time. When you look at some of those TV shows from back in that yes. time. Yeah, it's not even as crazy, I think, as I remember them being. <laughs> See, the biggest thing that I have between then and now mm -hmm. is I remember babysitting, and it was my siblings and our close family friends, and all the parents went out, and I was the oldest, and so I was babysitting. I was 11, and... There were at least seven kids there. I'm trying to remember actual ages, but there were at least seven kids there that I was in charge of that I was babysitting. And a police officer knocked on the door. And legally, the babysitting age was 12. And my parents had told me, you're fine. Nothing will happen. So we actually were staying at their house in an RV because we were adding on to our house at the time. But I just remember that we were staying temporarily in an RV on our friend's property in their neighborhood. But the police officer came because of the complaint that the RV was on their property, which apparently was against the HOA, which they didn't know. And anyways, he comes to the door and I'm like, oh, <laughs> there were two. I very much remember there were two babies. And I was in charge of them. And he's like, where are the parents? And I'm like, Mom, they're not here. Also, for those of you, obviously, who do not know me, I was 11 and I probably looked like eight or nine because I small. was small and 11 year old. They're kind of starting to grow into their own, maybe a little prepubescent. I was not. I was nowhere near any sort of puberty. That didn't even happen until college. So you can imagine mm -hmm. how little I looked. And he was like, who's watching you? And I was like, well, I am. And he was like, I'm sorry. How old are you? So I told him the truth. I told him I was 11 and he said, I'm going to pretend that you said 12 and come back when your parents are home. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. And I just remember being like, that didn't seem that off to me, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, I only have two kids and they're relatively self 
Reliant, mm-hmm. and I work with the youth ages 12 to 18 in my church. And I'm, I don't think I would have one of the little 11-year-old girls to watch my two very self-sufficient six- and seven-year-olds. And I was 11 watching a whole slew of, of children. So times have definitely changed, but I never sat on the top of a car to carry a pool home. So No. <laughs> Slowly, you know, things are slowly changing over slowly the Slowly improving. Yeah. yeah. But then kids don't have the freedom that we had. It's true. It's very as true. Well, I remember in L.A. I mean, we're in L.A. for Holy Cow. And on Saturday, we had all these jobs. Mom was very diligent about having us work. And so our big goal was to get the jobs done and get out of the house. Mm. That was our whole thing. So we would get up, we would get the jobs done, usually by 10 or 10.30, and we hopped on our bikes and we were gone until dinner time. And I remember there was a family that went to our church, but they lived probably three miles away, and they had a pool, and they really liked our family, liked our kids. Your mom had a crush on the father of this family. Oh. <laughs> yeah, J.D. J. Dicker was his name. Ooh. And so they didn't care. If they weren't home, we could just climb the fence and go swimming. They were fine with that. <laughs> so, yeah, we'd ride our bikes and jump over the fence and go swimming. Or <laughs> So there was this hill. We called it the Lassen Hill. It was on, oh, Lassen. And it was a really steep hill. And there was a stoplight at the very bottom of the hill. So we had worked it so that we knew right when to leave the top of the hill because you could go really, really fast, but you didn't want to end on a rod light because stopping would be next to impossible on that. So we had it all timed and we knew and we would just go down that hill. Mom never knew about any of that. We'd get into construction sites and use their wood or whatever was left there and build ramps for our bikes. And, <laughs> and, and we just were gone all day having adventures. No cell phones, you know. We just knew, be home for dinner. And see, this, that's the funny thing. Even my kid's school is half a mile from our house. Mm-hmm. And our neighborhood is a very small neighborhood, but half of that half mile to the school, we're in the very back of our tiny neighborhood. It's very quiet and half of it's in the neighborhood. The second half of it is on a mediocrely busy street, but mm-hmm. there is a sidewalk path and the sidewalk path is there and then there's trees and then there's the busy road on the other okay. side of the tree. All right. It would totally be safe. I know for a fact my mom would let me do that by myself in first grade, 100%. Um, no, there's no way I will let my kids go. Even though, like, I know they'll probably be fine going to or coming home from school. They would probably be fine because it's it's a half of a mile. It's less than half a mile, actually, because they even come from, yeah, it's probably yeah. less than that. And I still wouldn't let them do that. And I have actually thought about even getting my first grader a watch that I can track them on. Although I will say I live in Oxford, Michigan, and some scary things have happened in Oxford this last year. The high school, there was a shooter in the high school. And I did, uh, since then is when I've been considering it because they both get more anxious in school now when anything out of the ordinary happens Mm -hmm. is last time. It was pretty scary, terrible situation for our town. So that's the main reason I wanted to. But even other times, I'm like, man, it would be nice to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be two minutes late. Don't be worried. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the time change, right? I'm I'm like addicted to communication with my kids. So, And we're becoming more so of that. But then even with that, that should kind of give our kids more freedom because we can track them and know where they were. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. My husband, Russ, he remembers growing up. So, he grew up in, until he was 13, they moved to Oregon when he was 13. But he grew up in this little town, Midvale, Utah, just south of Salt Lake City. 
and there there was a family and they had a bunch of kids and he remembers the mom she would get in the car and just drive up and down the streets you know mario and calling their names and that and that's how she would find them when it was time for dinner or something oh my goodness yeah that's so no idea where they were whose house they were in yeah, um, she was. She had a big voice. Russ remembers that voice. <laughs> Dinner time. That's we better get funny. home. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It. Yeah, we had a lot more. We rode our bikes. Spence and I, my brother, just younger than me, we rode our bikes alone to our piano lessons, and that was a good couple of miles away. And I remember one time we were riding our bikes home after the lessons together, and. We're just kind of talking, and Spence was looking at me and not paying attention. And full speed, man, he ran into the back of a car, flipped over the head bars, and landed on the trunk of the car. He was hurt. He he was hurt. And I'm like, thinking, well, get on your bike. Let's get home, and so we can have mom take care of it. And he goes, no, you got to go get mom. And I'm thinking, mom's not going to come. But she did. <laughs> he didn't so break funny. anything. He was just had some bumps and bruises. But Oh, geez. That's too funny. I will say I have another memory of my mom, which you mentioned how wonderful my mom is. She, she, she is. is a rock star and she is wonderful. So we'll preface it with all of that goodness. And we'll go back to, again, seven kids seven mm-hmm. of us that especially remember coming home from school and her feeling so frustrated because she'd gotten the house clean. Mm-hmm. And then we come home from school and our whole front, which we had a good big entryway, mm-hmm. a good big family room, a good big kitchen. And it would just be strewn with backpacks and shoes and jackets. Granted it was Las Vegas. So I think she's exaggerating about the jackets cause I never <laughs> even remember wearing one. But <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we'd want to play, so we'd get toys out, too, so it would just be a disaster. And I remember, we always tease her about this, that one day she just lost it. And she just started picking stuff up and chucking it out the front door, just throwing everything out onto the lawn. And she's like, the trash is coming tomorrow. Anything out there, the trash is going to pick up. So if you want your stuff, if you don't care about it, that's fine. It's going to the dump. And we were so mortified because she was not happy. And she (laughs) was throwing all of our stuff outside onto the front lawn. And actually, in the moment, a little bit traumatizing because we were petrified. (laughs) But now we look back on it and it is like such a fond memory. And now as a mom, Mm -hmm. I look back on it. And again, I only have two kids. So it is not the mess that it was with seven kids. I'm sure the mess was just unimaginable and frustrating. But I look back and I'm like, I totally get it. I totally get it. She's so mad because sometimes it's like, oh, please, can we just, I work all day for you to come home and all my work to be undone. Just Mm -hmm. put your backpacks where I asked you to put them. It's a simple thing. Yeah, it's simple. Shoes and backpacks. That's all she would would just say. Just shoes and backpacks. Just put them in your room. I don't even care if your room is messy. (laughs) Just put them in your room. Yeah. But, you know, we never did. Well, we did get better for a while after the whole throwing everything on the front lawn incident, but <laughs> but other than that, that's that's, that's about funny. as crazy as it got with ours. Oh, except for I do remember watching a babysitter vacuum when she was babysitting, but didn't plug it in. And she did that because she wanted my parents to think that she vacuumed without actually having to vacuum. Would that babysitter be named Candace? It could have been. I don't remember who it was. To be honest, my first thought was Rocky. But I don't know for sure if it was her. But I just remember thinking, why fake it? If you're going to push the vacuum around, why not just turn it on? It's not, I mean, all you're doing is wrapping the cord. That You're still doing the rest of the work. Yeah. But I remember that. The babysitters did the dishes, if there were dishes there. Yeah. They cleaned. Uh, everything up the house was vacuumed and I love my babysitters that I have I really do they are awesome and wonderful but the dishes are never done there I would never even dream of them vacuuming or doing something like actual housework 
don't burn the house down. Keep track of my kids. <laughs> and that's all I expect. Like, don't leave a disaster, but... And now we pay them, like, triple. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They were paid... But I was paid back in the day. I remember getting in a dollar an hour, and I thought that was good. Yeah, I remember asking for... 50 cents an hour per kid. So if you watch like four kids, that would be $2 an hour. You know, that's much, much, much different now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we're coming up on our time. It's been so much fun. I hope our listeners have been able to listen in and see some of the goofy things that have happened and how things that might have been hard to go through when we were little are now some of our fondest memories and it's okay to relax and be silly and do goofy things and if you stab your daughter with a fork she'll survive it's not a big deal we can make up for it but (laughs) i got out of the dishes that was always fun but just I I hope that my listeners will take the time to think back and maybe even write down some of those stories and definitely share them with your kids. And my boys, they were both agenda. Well, they they're kind of adrenaline junkies, but they were like, oh gosh, I I was just trying to keep them alive when they were growing up, and and they said, don't tell our kids. No, I'm like, no, you're, I'm telling them. So that's. They need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both super overly protective of their kids. It's hysterical to see. And so it's like, oh, well, let me tell you what your dad did. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. The kids love it. So anyway, just enjoy life. You know, our tagline is let's find joy in parenting. And I hope today has given you a chance to maybe laugh and to reminisce on your own childhood. And so, Bailey, thank you for spending another uh, time with me for episode 60. I love it. I'm I'm grateful to be here. It's always such a blast. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye.